Hello, good evening, and welcome to Sunday night's best kept secret. That is Monday night uh, breakdown. Uh, Daniel Outledge and Dave Forrester with you. We will be back to Sunday next week, I'm sure. Uh, to look back over all the action in the British Basketball League uh, this week, a, a mixed bag, I think it's fair to say. Let's go back to Friday night, where the London Lions were beaten by the Glasgow Rocks 92 uh, to 100. They were without uh, coach um, Veer. Nick Lowry was uh, taking over in his absence. Um, they had uh, Ryan Martin coming off, off the bench. They had Isaiah Reese back, first player of the game. Reese to Kelly on, a, on an alley-oop. I'm sure Kelly was pleased to see Reese back. Yeah, the world was all right again, wasn't it? You know, it was like, it was like ooh, rewinding time three months. Mm. Um, yeah, the whole, the whole thing just there seemed to be... <laughs> Obviously, they're in a tremendous amount of kind of difference at the moment. Everything is changing all the time. Mm. You know, the, the best example, bless him, is, you know, after, you know, they lost the final, obviously, and we pointed out that Ryan Ryan Martin's been struggling since he got back. He hasn't played for three years, etc. And they put a tweet out on Monday morning saying he's on fire and then the next <laughs> game he's, not, he's not starting. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, the players are confused. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm confused, yeah. you know. Is he or isn't he or what? And then obviously the coach, the second coach isn't there. So James isn't there. Um, and Nick is the coach, but he doesn't stand, he didn't stand up that much. And to be honest, if I was watching the game, I couldn't figure out whether it was him or Youngblood who was actually on the sheet. Um, well, I was watching it and it was only it was only really in the timeouts that I worked out. Yeah, and then he did stand up a little bit, I think, towards the end as well. Yeah. But yeah, but it's very difficult, you know, because you, you you've not you've been in a different role the whole year, yeah. and then it's you step, you know, and the um the players are some of them are close to checking out, not all of them, but some of them are close to checking out, you know. So you can't go and stand up and be the big guy and try and take over and point your finger and do everything like that because. Players were just staring and just what? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what? So you've got to be quite subtle about it. Um, I thought, to be honest, there wasn't much defense in this game. No. Um, and I thought, while London got out early, I thought that was because Glasgow missed shots and missed layups, and and you know, and you thought that um, that would sustain London, but I think it, it did nothing much more than perhaps persuade London that they were going to win easily. Yeah. Well, it, it looked like that because you've obviously got Reese, Dirk, Justin hitting threes out to 25-16. Everything looking comfortable. Glasgow looking like Glasgow on the road, uh, not making shots on their way to another defeat. They're 47-28 down. Um, but but that last nine points of the first half, I think uh, that gave the Rocks belief because suddenly they were only down and, and, ten I mean, at half time. I do. I thought. I thought if I actually had a little note in my head that you know that was it wasn't where the game was decided, but it was where the game became a game. Mm. You know, because obviously now you know the other way. It's twenty five, and you know, and, and off you go. Um, and I wasn't that sure about the lineup that London had in at the end. I thought they were just trying to get to half time with that lineup. And to be honest, I've watched so many games since I can't remember who was in that lineup. Mm. But it wasn't it wasn't the lineup that had been um, overly effective throughout the game, and that that did give Glasgow a little foothold um, because you have to remember they scored twenty eight points in seventeen minutes, mm. and then they scored seventy two in twenty three. Yeah. You know? So they got some they got some rhythm out of that, and 
you know, it's that moment where you, you know, it's, we always talk about big moments, moments where you have to stamp on the throat. You know, and you work really hard for a 17, 18 point lead, 19 point lead, and then you blow it in two and a half minutes mm. before a break. That's a problem because your players think that you can still, that's not a problem. We'll do it again. Yeah. The position yeah. players also think, hang on a minute, you know, we've got a run in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then all you need is a little bit of extra motivation. And that turned up about halfway through the third quarter. Well, exactly. Let's, let's go to that because five and a half minutes to go. Uh, Jordan Harris is going for a dunk. Kajini fouls him, gets up, shakes his hand. Uh, it seems to be nothing there. And then Harris, as he's walking back, says something to Isaiah Reese. Reese, uh, he tossed the ball at his head, basically, gently. It, it was a gentle toss, but it was still... Uh, yeah, it was still egregious. So two technicals are called, which seems fair enough from 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 where I was sat. But Harris doesn't leave it alone. And that, you actually see Keith Williams, the referee, um, basically tell him to go away, like just calm down and go away. Mm. Um, and Boban pushes him back and uh, Jordan Johnson pushes him back. And then bloody replay over the... Here's, here's, yeah. my, here's my little tip to all the people who've just started directing basketball this season. Um, and I don't, I mean, just started because we were on Robocoms. When people are drawing at each other, we don't need a replay. Let's see the finish of the drawing and then pull the replay. In, Cause it happened in the Plymouth Bristol game as well. So we don't no. quite see what happens, but presumably just didn't leave it alone. Just kept going back and got a second yeah. technical and he's out of the game. Yeah, generic point on the replay stuff. In in play replays are for me just just don't work. I just never have liked them. They don't use them in America. Mm. They don't, you know, and they've they've broadcast more basketball games than anybody you can ever imagine. Um, you know, use your replays for timeouts, maybe, maybe before foul shots, something like that, but not after made basket. You know, I don't like that. I just think that you know the game is too quick and you miss too much, you miss too much with just going on at the other end. And obviously, we had that in relation to, as you say, in relation to agro. That's the best bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so whatever you do, you know, focus on the focus on the agro. In relation to the incident, you know, Reese is, is a guy who does talk. I've, I've seen it myself. He talks. He doesn't necessarily talk overtly, but he'll say things out the corner of his mouth. He will draw attention. You know, we remember the the European game we talked about where the, he made the three with a, with a couple of minutes to go with um, to put them down eight and was doing this with the yeah. crowd and then the. The, the, uh, Harris came down the other end and, and put the game away and shushed mm. them up. Mm. Um, so Reese does talk, and I'm quite sure that I didn't. I didn't go back through the game to spot it, but I'm quite sure there'd been something earlier on in the game which led Harris to, or alternatively, as as he was going past, um, Reese said something out the corner of his mouth which you couldn't say. I don't know, but Harris doesn't wouldn't respond like that if nothing had been going on. Um, and Harris, Harris instigated, um, obviously, an incident with Reese. Reese then throws a ball at Harris. I, I mean, I'm kind of on a slightly different side. Yeah, I think that's probably a disqualification. I think that's the equivalent of laying your hands on someone's face. Um, I, I would agree with you if he really threw it at him, but it was just, it yeah. was a little soft, gentle toss. It was, but the problem is, it's, in Harris's mind, that's, that is a significant degree of disrespect. throw a ball at somebody's yeah, yeah. And also... You know, I'm, I mean, I don't know this, but I suspect that ever since you've been, they've been, they've been kids. They've known that one thing you don't do is you throw the ball. You don't throw the ball at the referee. You throw the ball at another player when the ball is dead. You just don't do it. And what Harris is complaining about, ad nauseum to the referees, is that you see him. He, he hit me. He hit me on the ball. He threw the ball. That's that what he's saying. 
And so, so what's happened is his kind of um, justice chip in his yeah, shoulder yeah. has been set off by that, which is that's something you just don't do. Yeah. And I expect, he expects to be protected from the refs in relation to that, protected by the refs in relation to that. And, you know, every so often when you think something is just not right, you know, that's happened to me. I mean, I've, I've done it on the side. I might have even done it in court once or twice. Um, <laughs> you know, you can you just say, no, you can just go off. You say, no, that's yeah. just not right. You know, yeah. and, and, you, and, you, and you get overtaken by that. You know, that's just fundamentally wrong. Not You haven't properly taken into account what he just did, how, how you say it egregious. And as I say, it's not in the force. It's in the gesture. Yeah. So it was, I don't think I had any choice but to throw Harris out because, as you say, Keith gave him three two or three warnings that we could see and clearly he didn't shut up and um at that point you know you know the refs can't do anything else because you have to you have to deal with the situation you can't leave that Uh, i think as i say i'd be interested i don't know the answer whether whether that whether reese is lucky or not to be honest i don't know i don't know if that's a disqualification or not and there'll be some refs who probably say it is and maybe some refs who say it isn't or there may be a lot of refs who say no you're absolutely right Dan, it isn't it also shut up Forrester and get on with it yeah yeah um, you know there might be I don't know I, I would be surprised if um if if those refs saw him, saw him intentionally throwing the ball at an opposition and an opponent let's think I mean if he'd thrown them if he'd lobbed the ball at the ref's head like that what would the ref have done yeah, yeah, the ref, it's probably a disqualification. So then the question yeah. is, why have I drawn a distinction between the ref and a player? It's a good point. I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. So I, I just thought that the initial bit looked like tee them yeah. both up, shut up and go away. And yeah. if he'd shut up and gone away, everybody yeah. would have been happy with that. But of course, the best thing for Glasgow was exactly what happened. Mm. Because what it did was it um, lit a fire. Um, I think under the rest of them, Fraser Malcolm was excellent in this game, um, and we then have this, you know, fourth quarter just um, obliteration. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I thought at this point maybe this is where London maybe missed James on the sideline because um, we go into the fourth quarter and, and Glasgow basically make a ton of shots early. London have got no rhythm. So, so it, it was it was seventy it was seventy seven sixty five going into the fourth quarter and I, and I went back onto synergy just to make sure that what I saw was right. They yeah. scored on the first eight possessions yeah. of um, of the fourth quarter. There was one offensive rebound, so it wasn't first eight shots, um, but within that possession in three minutes, and they'd gone from twelve down to 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 in the lead. They scored yeah. twenty six points in six minutes to go from twelve down to seven up. And that was when the timeout was called. Yeah. You see now, that to me is too late. You know, you, you've got to break that. I mean, the first two minutes, after, after that, that, if once a 12-point leader is obliterated in two and a half minutes, probably before that, because you're trying to pro- project ahead what's going on, um, you're calling a timeout, you're trying to break their rhythm, you're trying to refocus your players because it's a spiral situation. Mm. And um, didn't do that. And the came and went with kind of different lineups. Um, I'm not sure John Williams didn't play much in this game. I think he started no, he this game. He really yeah, didn't he did. I think he played again. 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure, I'm not sure precisely where um his health was. And um I thought I thought Glasgow got confident and Glasgow had a bit between the teeth and that was primarily because of what had happened with Harris. Um and as I say we don't know what's going on on the court with all those guys but we do know that that Reese talks. 
Um, so, you know, that can light a fire in a player in March. You need something to light a fire, you know? Neither that team, Glasgow team, isn't winning the league. They might make the playoffs, maybe not. But that in itself isn't enough, you know? When players are, are riled by something, that's when the fire is lit and, and they become... Um, it's tough to say more motivated because you should always be motivated. But the, the reality is, yeah, more motivated. Yeah. You know, yeah, so they can talk to him as he's walking off the court. After they're walking off the court after they've won because yeah. the players want to have the last word. Yeah, they do. Yeah, you know, that's the bottom line. Um, and yeah, so I was surprised that London. You know, I think it was a nineteen-point run or a nineteen-point difference in the fourth quarter before they called a timeout. Yeah, you know, if you're minus nineteen, that's too long. You know, yeah. and if it's eight, eight, eight um, non-stops in a row, that is too long. You know, that mm. cannot happen because the momentum of the game is disappearing from you. Um, and yeah, and then Glasgow held on, didn't they? And they held yeah, on. They did. Murray, Murray hit a three with three and a half minutes to go. That put them up seven. That felt like a dagger, even though it was still three and a half minutes to go. And then Malcolm hit one with yeah. 155 to go, which really was because that was 88 89. They called a timeout there. Out of the timeout, they had a, a possession which went missed shot, offensive rebound, missed shot, offensive rebound, and then a turnover. And that was. That was basically it. But I also thought by the end, you know, there were shades of the of the the kind of the Newcastle Manchester situation at the end where London didn't foul. Mm. Um, the crowd were well, that was incredible. That yeah. was incredible. It, there was there was it was eight. Uh, there was an eight point game. There was fifty seconds to go. Reese had pressured the ball, and it was almost a turnover. And then Johnson threw it into the front court and. You didn't see you didn't see Reese for about ten seconds as he walked back he's into got, camera shot. And Kelly that, saw though. that, yes. and then he's walking about, and Johnson just sort of wanders into wanders the lane. It, and it almost looked like he was throwing an alley oop, but he actually just sort of tossed it in. It was yeah, that was that incredible. Well, yeah. I was like, there's fifty seconds to go. Yeah, well, they quit on the game. You know, they took the lead. They took the lead from you know even pressure, and you know, and you play a bit of offense at the end, and you get some points at the end. But ultimately, you know, the last minute of the game. Um, they, they quit on it, which was a surprise. Um, but again, it comes from that focus and, and, and you know uncertainty of um, player selection, uncertainty of coach. And it's not the coach's fault, but it's a factor that factors in the fact that you've got yet another in, different individual on the bench, um, sending trying to send across his message, and it, the, the vacuum of leadership there. You know, and, and Reese is your best player, so he has to be your leader. Um, the, the vacuum of leadership there is is such that you know that then permeates everybody else um and you can't you know as i say that isn't that's a factor of the circumstance of the club over the past two or three months as opposed to the circumstance of any individual yeah within it. yeah you know so um 35-15 the fourth quarter was in favour of the Rocks. That's the most the Lions have given up in the fourth quarter oh, since sorry. Um, February. John so. Johnson as well, mate. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah, yeah. Me, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he wasn't going to lose that game. No. Good for um, him. So the most Lions have given up since February 2016. Rocks were six of nine from three-point range in the fourth quarter. Um, Reese led uh, the Lions 20 points, 22 minutes. Kajini had uh 14 they, they actually had a number of guys in in double figures but then they did score 90 uh two points at six fast break points i i happen to be on synergy looking at something else and i noticed that they are the worst team in the league in transition offense they're the only team below one point per possession in transition offense which i find staggering given the players that they have 
Yes and no. Um, you know, the reality is that if you think about their point guards, Reese and Robinson, they generally lead transit. Point guards lead transition. Mm. Reese and Robinson are generally not guys who throw the ball ahead. Mm. Yeah, you know, maybe. they don't. They don't. They don't throw the ball ahead as much as 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 other point guards in the league, and that's because mm. they like the control. The other thing, of course, is they played games in Europe whereby they didn't get the chance to fast break, so they yeah. got into a system where they're used to getting into their sets. Um, it's it's not about the, and and their defense is you know you would, if you talk about you know who, who who's going to run well Dirk's a one man fast break yeah yeah if Dirk's not running then they don't get that much secondary stuff in transition because I say that the, the ball is generally bounced over the halfway line not thrown yeah um, Jordan Johnson thirty seven points twelve of twenty shooting thirty seven points twenty shots uh, six of twelve from behind the arc Hillsman twenty two and seven they were thirteen of twenty seven which given they were torched from the three point line uh, when they played lines at home on TV the other week probably felt good right yeah. let's Sorry, that's move. the final thing of course we yeah. can't forget that London destroyed them yeah 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 London have that in their heads as well. Yeah. So it's that false confidence that not, not having that appropriate fear of well, hang on what happens when you take something for granted. We're up, we're up 20. We beat yeah. them by 25 last yeah, time. Yeah. We're yeah, yeah. turned eventually. Yeah. So uh, let's go to Sheffield, where the Sheffield Sharks beat the Newcastle Eagles 73 points to 53. Uh, there was no Wes person for uh, it's your face. I haven't even started yet. Yeah. No Wes person for. Uh, for the Eagles, I actually, I obviously watched this back because I was, I was doing the, um, I was doing the Sky game on Friday night. Oh, I found this a bit of a tough watch actually. There was quite, a, quite a lot of misses. I'm Sheffield edged in watch. front. Yeah, but... You should have an interest. <laughs> um, but they but Sheffield, was... Sheffield looked like they, they were gonna get away, but they couldn't get away because they couldn't make enough shots. Well, two things. I, w- I didn't watch this live either. I was at the big one at the arena when we had 12. Of course, yeah, yeah. Shout women, out to, women's to, game. to Newcastle for, for a record-breaking uh, crowd. Roy Birch told me, uh, so just randomly told me that it was 1,050 uh, yeah. at, a, at a game in 1980-something or other. And I said, oh, that's going to go this week. And uh, and go it did. Good job. Yeah, well, we had a, apparently Howard Layton, who's the Eagles match night announcer, the game was between Hemel and Cleveland, somebody or other. Yeah, yeah. No, I asked Roy because uh, Dan Black yeah. asked me who was that game between that you put out on Twitter. So I went and asked Roy because Roy was coaching in the game. Well, and Howard was there. Oh, Howard was at the uh, game. Was that was it? actually so the game because he was, he was oh, involved wow. with the Cleveland team. Oh, so, wow. so, so he was. He told us that about seven times over the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, so there's a, there's a, a line of basketball history. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I was at that game, which meant I, I caught clips of it on my phone. Of the, the Sheffield Newcastle game, um, you're right about a hard watch, dear me. Um, you know the, the best summary of it is that Sheffield shot seven of twenty-five from three and six of fifteen from the foul line and mm. won by twenty. Yeah. Um, you know that's. Yeah. Uh, I've said things about punch forwards and shooting and all sorts yeah, of stuff, yeah. and also both teams are on two weeks off, and I get that. Um, but then again, there are some other teams who are on two weeks off. Two weeks off, we dropped hundred points. You know, mm. so mm. you have to be a bit careful with that too. Um, I actually thought uh, I thought it was a competitive game, you know. Early, um, I just thought that, um, and, and there really wasn't, as you say, there wasn't neither team playing well enough offensively to separate themselves. Um, 
although as the game went on, Newcastle's shot selection deteriorated rapidly. Um, and there's some some staggering numbers in, in the game in relation to their shot selection and their inability to, um, to, to, to score the ball, given some of the talent that they have. And they don't have much offensive rebounding either, particularly now Shelton's gone and Gordon is in. Gordon's an offensive rebound, but he's more situational. He's not someone who's going to camp under there and yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 and, and turn and get regular second possessions. So they do need to make shots, and you know, I'm afraid they, they didn't come close. And I didn't, and I thought that was primarily because they didn't move the ball enough. I thought basically, once Fletcher passed the basketball, whoever got it was going to shoot it. Yeah. Um, and that you know, in March against proper defenses against teams you've played multiple times. In a difficult gym with the two weeks off, you know there has to be more to it. That you have to get some layups. You have to get something. You have to get some um, some open threes as opposed to some of the shots that they shot, which I didn't think were open. So I thought there was primarily poor shot selection. But the game did actually actually only really turn towards the end of the third quarter. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a six-point yeah. uh, lead midway through the third quarter. Forty-five, thirty-nine. Sharks finished the uh, third eleven points to two to lead uh, fifty. 56 41 and then newcastle just sort of melted away really uh, yeah i thought way that, off the pace i thought i thought defensively well i mean the, 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 i thought that the game there was two threes which which sheffield made at the end towards the end of the third quarter um both on defensive screw-ups by newcastle both on simple miscommunications um one at the top of the key for retino i think Williams didn't come out. Williams got stuck on a switch at the bottom and didn't come out. And you leave an open wide. Oh, sorry, he actually helped on the penetration, but it wasn't his help. Mm. Rutino just popped out, bang, open three. And then there was another one in the corner where someone helped off the corner in one pass, open three. And and they, those are mistakes you can't make. Mm. You know, the, eventually you give up three. Eventually teams are gonna teams are gonna um uh, gonna convert and. Because Newcastle's defense was pretty passive and didn't create any turnovers, or didn't create many live ball turnovers, um, they weren't really able to run. And in the half court, it just degenerated into kind of, as you say, pretty meek. But it's basically, you know, every time, as I say, every time some Fletcher passed somebody the ball, they tried to score. Mm. You know, Johnson was what one of twelve or one of thirteen. Um, twelve, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, something like that. Peel. Uh, the, I thought um, Johnson. I thought Johnson still was playing hard at the end. I'm not sure everybody else was in the. Yeah, I think he's quarter. trying to make plays. Yeah, yeah. I think he's trying to make plays, but there are issues with their shot. I, I'm not. Yeah, in relation to playing hard, I tend to agree with you about that. But I think they're too far gone at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, having lost that game to Manchester the way they did, having most of those guys playing big minutes as well. Um, I don't think there's any any belief in anything that's going on, and it's belief that makes you continue. You know. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it was as comfortable an average Sheffield win as you could get. Yeah, yeah. Sheffield weren't great. Sheffield no. got Sheffield would look at that and think we 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 left a lot of points out there. Yeah. And Newcastle would also do that, but you got you know there has to be a little bit more. Yeah. You know, there has to be a little bit more than there was, and fifty three points for a team with all that talent is difficult um, to win. Yeah, well, at one point you were wondering if they were even going to get to fifty, weren't you? I wasn't uh, watching. The the lowest score uh, by Newcastle slash Sunderland 
since December 1994, um, 28 years ago, sixth lowest all time in BBL. Uh, a 5-0 Sharks sweep against the Eagles this season, their first sweep since 1998-99. And today's klaxon comes courtesy of Philip Brown. Uh, uh, they can be, to be providing you with useful information. On well, something. I know, I know. Um, in the five games that they played, Sheffield led for 182 minutes and 38 seconds. Eagles led for 10 minutes and 13 seconds, six and a half of which were in the first cup, cup game. So in the last four games between them, Newcastle led for three minutes and 40 seconds. Well, they've had the number, you know, no question. Um, what's slightly more concerning from my perspective is that, you know, Newcastle's coming off a 20-point defeat and getting booed on court against Manchester. Mm. You know, well, you know, if you can't make a statement, I mean, I know they're away from home in that game, but if you can't make a statement after in those circumstances, when are you going to? Mm. You know, we have to and everybody has to remember it's March now, so... Every, all players have know that no one's gonna, no one else is getting signed. Yeah. Um. You know. So because so they they're not really at risk of being released. Um. The mindset is if you're a player, it, it's much about winning games as it is about you know where am I going to be playing next year. Mm. You know, and, and if the messages are that they're not going to be playing Newcastle, well, you know, are you going to be able to get that buy-in for the rest of the season? It's it sounds ridiculous. It sounds like oh. Well, you know, of course you will because they're, they're professionals and they're paid to play that way. But there's a difference between playing, playing like you're bought in. You know, you can still play hard without necessarily being overly committed to it. When and you need to be overly commit, committed to it um, to win things. Mm. So, so yeah, it's a tough times for them, and it's getting tougher because they're going to London on Wednesday. Yeah, and that's home on Friday. Yeah, well, it's a London on Wednesday. I mean, you, you're going down, you end up in the M25 at five o'clock. It's great. Yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, having had six hours on the bus, believe yeah. me, you know, it, the, the, all that stuff that people don't see. That, that, that's that's every week for me, M25 on a Wednesday. Yeah, um, so... there's a reason we choose to live up north. <laughs> uh, Johnson, um, Johnson 16, five of eight shooting, Retina 11 and nine. Um, numbers don't really matter i don't think gordon led uh, with 15 uh, fletcher 11 and 9 5 of 14 shooting eagles were 22 of 68 uh, and 7 of 25 yeah, i think fletcher wore down a little bit mentally in this game he started off very well he started off all over it and in fact Glasgow wasn't really effective in this game either so i think he did his bit i think gordon i'm a bit worried about gordon i think gordon's been a bit subsumed into the, the kind of the fact that the losing i was rather hoping as a supporter that he would be in a position to kind of lift them the way he did his first few games but that that, that seems to have, have, have worn off you know and it's like little things you know you're about to play a minute and a half again the first quarter but how come he ends up matched up with with Johnson in the last play of the first quarter mm. Antoine Johnson's the hottest guy in the league he's um six man you know he's scoring regularly his job is to get the ball and score and, he, and he's got Yabantu on him with, with 10 seconds to go where he's always going to shoot the last shot. Well, mm. you know, Yabantu played reasonable defence, but Johnson's always going to make that shot. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's his shot, you know, and, and you've got to have your, you've got to know that's happening and you've got to get your best defender on him, not the kid who's coming in to play a minute and a half in the game to release for Fletcher. Mm. Um, so, no, um, not good. 
No. Uh, let's move on uh, to the Sky Sports game. Leicester Riders 87, Bristol Flyers 82. Uh, obviously, no Marcus Evans because he was uh, serving his suspension from the disqualification against about Plymouth. three months ago. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> impressed by that. I'm afraid. You know, I'm sorry. I think there needs to be more transparency about about when disqual you know when disqualifications are served and why they're served on certain games because that was announced three weeks ago. And I'm not the, saying, unless they got the yeah. benefit of it. I yeah, get yeah. maybe anybody else got the benefit of it, but. Um, you know, it's, just it's the seven lovely. day you get for some reason. It's and I, I get the seven days if it's automatic, yeah. but it's seven days from the announcement, which obviously, whenever it was announced, took out last weekend. And this is the first game after that. So I don't yeah. understand. I, I, I totally get it. If it's you get disqualified and it's 10 points or whatever the points is nowadays, and you're automatically disqualified, you can say, Well, you get seven days before that kicks yeah. in so that they Absolutely. don't miss the second game of a back-to-back or something like that. Yeah. But I don't understand why it's seven days after the announcement, when the announcement comes like on a Tuesday or whenever it was. Well, yeah, well, fundamentally, they should, you know, everybody's disqualified, so everybody is suspended unless, unless an appeal is lodged. That's my understanding of it. Um, I don't think you can... They're not, no, because you're not automatically suspended anymore. No, you're not. That's no, so it has to go to a. It has to go to. They go to everybody to take a look three weeks later and say yeah. this, that, and other, and then they give yeah. you seven days to lodge an appeal, and then and if you don't lodge it, yeah. So, so that would be why I'm still. I still think it's a bit nuts. But anyway, um, yeah. So they were out Evans, um, and um, Leicester are basically back to everybody with Walker with Walker playing, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but, but. Um, Riders struggled early. Gino had three three turnovers. Josh Rogers, who shot the ball really well in the first game of the season at Morningside, picked up where he left off. Again, they're out to 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 a 15, 15 four, sorry, 14-5 lead Bristol looking good. Yeah, I mean it was it's, it's difficult for Leicester because that's not I say it's difficult for Leicester because they actually don't have that much jeopardy anymore. And I know that the coaches will think they have jeopardy all the time, but I don't think necessarily the players do. And certainly Gino's the biggest example of that. You know, I think um, this was, it was a bit of a watershed moment for us this game because um, whatever the phrase, whatever locked in is, he wasn't locked in the first few possessions. No. And, and, and in relation to Gino, Rob's, you know, Rob's had a pretty solid and... Um, regular substitution pattern over the past seven or eight years with his teams, right? And he always used to basically, and I'm talking about like the Neil Watson, Brandon Clark years, that type of thing. They'd come out after four minutes, you know, and then the, Connor would be in and then they'd come back in at the end of the first quarter and he'd always end up starting an absolute superstar lane but the beginning of the second quarter against the opposition benches. Mm. You know, so he did this NBA kind of two substitution in a half thing, well before anybody else was. Everybody else was, you run your starters for seven or eight minutes and you put your bench and then your starters come back in. Mm. Well, he had everybody in the game earlier and, and two substitutions and it helped them. It hurt them in the first quarter when they were over rhythm and it helped them every helped them on for one the game. And he's changed that for Gino over the over the last year because you know basically Gino is playing probably until the two two or three minute mark and then he's coming back in quite quickly as well. Yeah. And in this game, um, you took him out the six-minute mark. 
They took right? him out after three minutes. It after three minutes. Seven, the seven, yeah, that's what I mean, the seven yeah. minute mark. Sorry, I mean, six minutes left. Yeah. Right. And that's really encouraging for Leicester because that's a coach who's who has got potentially the best player in the league, a guy who's given an enormous amount of rope to, right? Enormous amount of trust in, right? But he's reached that point with them whereby he's saying, no, <laughs> no, no, you've run out of rope today. Mm. I'm going to sit you down, okay? And what's encouraging for Leicester is that Crandall is a smart enough guy to know that in his own head. Well, I don't know if you saw the halftime of our show, uh, but there were some pictures from that first time out. I think a discussion, I think. I think I a discussion was had between coach and point guard that might have resulted in point guard not coming yeah. back into the game until the second quarter. Well, good. But that, that's, you know, that, but that's, you know, you, you, you can't talk, I didn't see that, but you talk over that. And people think, oh, well, that's all right. That's just what teams do. That's a big thing. Mm. Right now, it's easier when you got Connor and Kimball on the bench. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so so don't you know? I'm, I'm not going to lionize him to, to that degree, Rob. But you have to, you know, it's what Popovich said about Tim Duncan. Right, you have to be able to coach your best players, mm. and coaching them doesn't just mean listening to them. Doesn't mean satiating their every wish on the court. It means also at times making them understand who's in charge. Mm. You know, and that's not as easy as it sounds, particularly when you know it's like it's like you got a rope. You, you let you want to let these guys show their talent. You want to sh you want to show their talent, show their talent, show their talent. But you've got to at some point pull them back in. You know, it's it's the train working under them. It's what, yeah, I saw yeah, yeah. And early on when I was on the bench. I saw it with Fab and Trey. Mm. You know, but you'd want Trey. Trey would be Trey, Trey, Trey. But eventually, I would imagine there were a few timeouts where discussions were had between yeah. Fab and Trey. Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but the big thing is the coach um, can't be egotistical enough to take it personally. Yeah, uh, big thing, right? Because ultimately, you need these guys, yeah. and the player has to be bought in enough. Yeah, to not to take the hoof. Yeah, right. And if you have that dynamic. Right, then you're good. And yeah. that's what I, I say it was it was actually a positive thing, but that's that happened. Because I don't, you know, obviously there's a lot going on, obviously, you know, Gino's a new father, etc. Yeah. I also think he's already decided that they've won the league. And I, I'm not saying he's bored with it, but I think he's one of these guys who does need challenges. Yeah. And what I can yeah. see to, to, to constantly bring out his best. And um, that's never been Rob's mentality. Rob's the, Rob's the opposite, right? Rob is the, <laughs> yes. Rob's, you know, Rob, you know, you've got yeah. every game is a threat. Every yeah. game is a risk. And yeah, I know that yeah, mentality yeah, yeah. well, believe you me. Yeah. And so there is no, so so it's the immovable force, the irresistible object, whatever. Um, but the coach has to win the argument. Mm. If the coach can, if the coach backs away from the argument, or if the coach doesn't win that argument, then that filters down to the rest of the team. Yeah. And that's where cracks come. Yeah. So I didn't see that timeout, but sitting him, but, uh, but sitting him down at that point, you know, to send a message. If you can send a message to your best player, you know, you, you, you're good. You know, you get a result. So that was encouraging. That's not to forget anything about Bristol, because to be honest, um, uh, Bristol started off the game really well. Yeah. Um, they, they've always it's that Rogers Thomas Edwards thing when those guys are scoring the ball. You know they become a different team because they have the outside threat. You know, generally, about Rogers in particular, it's when he's aggressive and looking to shoot the ball. In the very first game, he comes off the very first possession. He Play, comes off the yeah. screen, squares up, knocks it down. There you go. Right yeah. at that point, he is you know he is a, a weapon because he is six eight. He's going to get a shot against anybody. He has good fundamentals, you know, and you have to be aware of him. 
And Bristol are the kind of the one team this year who's really played Leicester tough. And yeah. the reason they've really played Leicester tough is because they don't back down physically. You know, they, they don't, they, they play a better defence, both perimeter and internal than most teams in the league. It may even be better than Leicester. And I say that because Bristol turn the ball over so much on offense yeah. that you know, you know that that that, it, that it's harder to play a good defense. At yeah. least Leicester get the, the defense every time down because they're so good offensively. And I think that's why they're causing problems now. The issue is just like when Bristol play London, can they continue to score enough to win? Yeah, um, and particularly without Evans. Um, and they nearly did. Sorry, I've talked a lot about the first you, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they they, they were up fourteen. Um, and uh, Walker then started causing them some problems. Riders had a 12-0 run back to uh, 35-27. And actually, Leicester were three up at halftime at 46-43. And um, my mate Alex texted me a good start. I'll clax on that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was for the first 23 points that Leicester scored, Bristol scored 37 and for the next 23 points that Leicester scored Bristol scored six which mm. I think sort of encompasses Bristol's yeah. season if I'm honest with yeah. you the, the the way they play because we'll get to it in the next game um I think Road texted me in the second quarter about how well they were playing I said but they'll stop scoring in a minute because that's what they yeah. do and then they went four minutes without scoring yeah. And, and and therein is the problem. Start the uh, second half. Uh, it's still tight. Raphael Thomas Edwards gets his fourth foul right at the beginning, which is a huge blow for them because he he likes playing Leicester, obviously with his with his back. Yeah, back. Was, it was, a, was, it was a tough. It was tough. It was a foul that was tough. Though. Yeah, tough and, situation. Bad pass. And he was playing. He was playing uh, pretty well. Um, but but to be fair to the Flies, they they did keep ticking it over, and they were. They were 61-64 up, but they got that foul trouble. Miller then went down. We, we thought he was super serious, but it turned out to be cramp, which which is a good thing in that situation, given how he went down. I think it was a nasty... I mean, I think it was a nasty... Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. No, it's easy to say cramp is not a problem for somebody else yeah. who's got cramp, but, um, but, but it is better than the alternative of what yeah, it looked it like when he went down. Yeah, that's true. Um, he did, and obviously without Miller as well, mm. you know they, they really struggled. I think at one point they had the you know a super sized lineup with like Jacob at the point guard and mm. Thomas Edwards at the two, and Samuel and, and Samuels and Del Pesci, not Samuel Simmons and Del Pesci in the game with Rogers at the three, mm. and you're just thinking, wow, they better rebound the ball, <laughs> yeah, because it's yeah, really yeah. you know. And obviously Jacob has the ability to make tough shots and make and make plays for himself, which kind of helped them a little bit. But yeah, it always kind of felt that the game was going to be a little bit too long for them. Mm. You know, a 36-minute game, they might have won. And Leicester, Leicester scored the first nine points of the fourth quarter, got up six, and you're thinking, here we go, this is Leicester pulling away. But to be fair, they came back and they tied the game up at, at 70 apiece. Thomas Edwards had come back in. He 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 hit a three. And then um, Leicester, again, looked like we're going to get away. Wheel and three, Adekoya and one. Miller had come in and gone out at that at that point but but jacob we've talked about his ability to make to make shots two three pointers i mean the second one was a bank on the shot clock buzzer but yeah. the, but they don't draw pictures on the on the score sheet and with three and a half minutes to go it's it's 76 76 yeah and what i was interested in again geekery as it were was that um bristol probably the only team this year 
playing that line that we've actually made Leicester change because Lubbing was on the bench basically the whole of the fourth quarter, virtually all of them. He may have come in near the end, I can't remember. But Adekoye played the four with Neva Nelson, Henry Walker at the five, basically the whole of the fourth quarter. And that, that was because that doesn't, that, now that does not help Leicester offensively, right? That does help them defensively, particularly when you've got all that size on the court for Bristol. So the, the test is always, and it's always around the four position. It's always the four position is, do you go small with the four or do you go big with the four? Do you copy the opposition or do you challenge them and say, we're going to shoot threes for twos? Now, Loving is six nine, but he's, he's effectively a small four. Right? Adekoya is six seven, but he's actually a big four. Mm. <laughs> his, he can knock shots down, but he's not the same, not, not in the same way. He's, he's, he's a physical presence who you can defend bigger guys. And, and that's what they as well. Yeah, great hands and quickness. Yeah, and the advantage would be it's a Draymond Green thing. You know, if you're six six and you can defend people who are six nine with your body strength, you're always going to benefit from the quickness of hands as well, and the quickness of feet. You know, that's why playing small works. So, so, so Bristol made Leicester change. And that's probably the first time. You know, the first time I, I was waiting for him to come back in to see if it was natural rotation, but it wasn't. It was a, it was a, it was a set decision that they're going to keep going with that lineup. Um, unless Loving was injured, and obviously, in which case I'm talking rubbish. Um, but again, towards the end, one possession too many, one possession too many. Jacob made that three, but that was a Hail Mary shot. Mm. And, you, you know, you just felt that Leicester could get what they needed. And the other thing we haven't even mentioned, I've talked about 15 minutes about this game, Patrick Whelan hasn't been mentioned yet, you know? Mm. And Patrick Whelan is just playing just lights out basketball. Mm. If Patrick, I said I put it on Twitter. You know, if Patrick Whelan was an American, he'd be right in the middle of the MVP conversation for the whole league. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, it's interesting because yeah, but... you put that out, and I thought, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. But then I think, you know, he's the leading scorer on the best team in the leading league. Leading scorer on the best team, shooting fifty percent from three, yeah, and, and able to score at the rim, and playing solid defense. It's like, well, hang on a minute, you know. As I say, if he was in, you know, he's, he's out playing some of the. Americans around the league, and, and whilst Leicester are very much a kind of a conglomerate of a team, whereby it, you know it's not like last year. It was you know we talked that Gino and the Crown Lights. It's not that this year. You know they're, they're better, they're deeper, and they've shown when Gino's not on or not even playing down there in Glasgow mm. that they're a very very talented bunch. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, so we have to talk about Pat, Patrick Williams at some point going to get um, basically outside the first six weeks of the season when you weren't quite sure how it would fit. Yeah. Um, it's been incredible. Yeah, and I'm um, sorry, just take us to the end of the game because we've talked. So about go it. on then. Uh, so Crandall got down the lane, easy layup, 78-76. Simmons in the corner with the three, 78-79. And then Crandall came down and made a ridiculous three um, yeah. to, to, to put Leicester back in front, 81-79 with 2.35 to go. Jacob missed the three, Crandall turnover. Jacob then in transition, Adekoya fouls him. He hadn't missed a free throw all game he went one for two with 156 to go to make it 81 80. then down the other end of the floor nelson henry got a mismatch on rogers but he left his hook short uh simmons missed but jump ball comes back to them and then key play really out of a timeout jacob underneath and nelson henry with the block yeah, and, and I didn't see, I thought Leicester got a break there because I didn't see the ball hit Jacob on the way out. So I think Leicester got the ball off that. 
It didn't go out. Oh, right, in that case, I'm talking, about the, down. I'm talking yeah. about the next play down. Sorry, my fault. Long in lots of games. Because actually what they got is wheeling on a fast break and on the outlet pass, and he made two free throws. He got fouled and made two free throws. Right, well, I don't remember that at all, sorry. There you I go. was watching that at midnight on Friday, so that's probably why. So Jacob uh, misses the three. Yeah. His offensive rebound and a head, heads-up play because he could he was, could easily have shot that from where. I mean, he might have made it. Um, yeah. But he gave it to Del Pesh underneath, who makes it a one-point game with 56 seconds. Yeah, that's right. And then at the other end, Leicester get, again, exactly what they want. Nelson Henry from Crandall, great pump, pump fake, but Simmons stayed with it and, and did enough to put um, Nelson Henry off and he misses. Yeah, and that's the thing with size, you see. Nelson Henry is a, is a, is a remarkable scorer over guys who are kind of the, either the same size as him or slightly smaller than him. The one thing that troubles him because he's not a, a guy who uses a quickness to get around people. He, he goes over people with his footwork. Or he goes around people with his footwork. But that's harder to do when you're just dealing with a little bit extra size. So Simmons' size, um, I think, troubled him a little bit through, over the course of the game. He's not like no more Walker who's just going to put his shoulder down you know, and yeah. get close. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Then he's more skilled than that uh, or, or a different level. A different type of skill, so I understand why that happened. And then at this point, Bristol came down the court. Yeah, yeah this is the one you were just talking about. Jacob drives to the basket, blocked by Adekoya. It's given off Jacob, so it's the last ball with 17 seconds to go. Yeah, I watched that back. Yeah, I have to say, I didn't see anything. I didn't see it coming off Jacob, and Jacob didn't see it coming off Jacob because he was immediately pointing over you. That's what players do. Yeah. Um, so I think that caught a little bit of a break there, but. Um, you know, ultimately, Bristol had plenty of chances to score down the stretch. and uh, They did, and, and they didn't take them. And then Thomas Edwards didn't want to commit the foul because he was on no. four. So that allowed seven seconds to go uh, off the clock. Um, so it's down to 11.2 seconds by 11.6 seconds by the time they commit the foul. It is becoming a massive bugbear of mine this year. Actually, a really massive bugbear of mine is players who are left on the court on four fouls in fouling situations. Mm. You know, your assistants have to be on that bench and have to be you're saying, get him, get him. He's got four, you know? Um, and it's not... Particularly as it's, particularly as it's an end-line ball, so there's a break in play. Ball, break in play. You know, you've got, you've got to know um, who you're... Um, you've got to know who's in foul trouble at the end, and particularly, not so much Thomas Edwards, to be fair, but particularly when it's the guards who are your shot makers. Yeah, and he yeah, shot yeah. producers, and it's, it's happening more and more regularly. And it's just not something that seems to be coming into coaches' kind of wheelhouses in relation to what they're thinking of. And um, that type of thing can make a big difference. So Nelson Henry goes to the free throw line, got a very nice pounce on the first one. The second one yeah. was clean. It's a three-point game. Um, 11.6 seconds to go. Timeout advanced the ball. Got it in pretty easily. Yeah. We should note that. Jacob gets it. Uh, he goes the opposite way to the screen. You got a little bit of room, and then he pump faked it. And I, and I, can't I, back I couldn't quite work out why he pump faked it because then Crandall recovers. You're in the situation where he's the only guy on the court that's going to be shooting the ball. You know that now in because uh, of the time, and, and he's, he's got to shoot a three. Yeah, and he's picked the ball up. So he's the ball up. So he has no option. And Gino, I mean, it's a great play. play by Gino, but it was made. His his ability to block that shot went right up at the point at which he had faked it. He declined to press, press his advantage. He had an advantage. He declined yeah. to take it. He hesitated on his advantage. And then he got um, a massive which, allowed, which meant that basically, as he went up, he'd lost his dribble. 
a pump fake wasn't going to work at that point. And well, it's not going to work with Crandall. Crandall's too smart for that. And Crandall has the um, athleticism from two feet. Probably one of the few guys in the league, certainly one of the few guards in the league, that has the athleticism of two feet to, to jump at the same time as, as Jacob and, and get his hand on the basketball by going yeah. straight up, you know? Yeah. So, no, it was, it, was, it was a great defensive play, but it wasn't. But, you know, that's not really Jacob's game. You know, Miller's not in the game because. I think we missed out earlier. He came back on and then fell over again yeah, and gave yeah, up two points that way, which didn't yeah, help yeah. me either. No. Miller's not in the game. Evans isn't there. Samuels can't really be in the game at that point. So it's all on Jacob and his shot creation. And, you know, and that's harsh on him because he's a, it's not his main skill set. His main skill set is catching, driving, uh, being athletic. And then if someone's not pushing up on him, draining the three, you know, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't be the one that's had the ball in his hands to create the shot if Andreas had the choice. So uh, Gino blocks it. Leicester break away. I don't know how that's not an unsportsmanlike foul, but it doesn't matter. No. Jackson makes two free throws. Uh, 87, 82. The final, Patrick Whelan, mm -hmm. 23 points, 11 of 11 from the free throw line. He was a plus 10 in a five-point win in 36 minutes. So the four minutes he was off court, they lost by five. Um, Walker, 12 and six off six for nine shooting. Um, Crandall, 11 and 5, seven turnovers, had a nine index rating. That actually, I was talking about them being the top three. That actually dropped him down to, to fourth. That, that, I right. think he then got back up into it. I'm not sure. Um, Jacob, 17 points, three of uh, 10 shooting, four of, I've got three of 10 and four of 15. That can't be right, or I'm confused as <laughs> to what that is. Uh, five turnovers. Um, Miller, 14 points, 6 of 18, shooting 7 rebounds, 8 assists. Delpesh, 6 of 9 for um, 13 points. And Thomas Edwards also efficient for his 12. Yeah. Let's uh, stay with Leicester um, and move on to Saturday uh, down at the Sports Park where the Surrey Scorchers were beaten 76-102. And this is one of those games you think, Surrey at home in that gym where it can be hard to shoot at times, short turnaround because it's a six o'clock tip off, you know, maybe less to come out a bit sluggish and Surrey get on top of them and you never know sort of thing. Whelan comes out, hits some threes. Walker comes off the bench, beats them up inside. They're 22-12 up after six and a half minutes and you know, any thoughts of those sorts of problems? Uh, I mean, it, it did happen as well as you said for about a minute and a half. Mm. Because, you know, I think sorry went four up or six up. Yeah. Ring made a couple of layups. Um, but I, I actually don't really subscribe to the the theory that you 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 kind of threw out there through bitter through actually quite fruitful experience. You know, we played a lot of games home Friday night and away Saturday in the BBL when I was around. And the first half of the, the Saturday game was always the best you played. Always, you know, the Friday night game is kind of the warm up game. The Saturday night game, everyone's played the night before. You're in rhythm, you've had your shots, you're feeling good about yourself, your legs are still feeling good. And, you know, you win the game in the first half and you just hold on in the second half, as it were. Less, than, less worried about fatigue because of the bodies they've got on the bench, particularly the guards, you know, Mackenzie and Washington are playing like 15 minutes a game and both could comfortably play twice as much. You know, so for them, 30 minutes off, 35 minutes over a weekend is not a difficult situation at all. 
Um, we then would probably play a game every night at the moment if you could. <laughs> Let's be honest, he's playing yeah. like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I didn't see that. And the best way I thought of describing this game after, as, after, as you say, the first initial skirmish was kind of routine. Mm, very. Um, unfortunately, you you have to be able to stop Leicester in some way. Bristol were able to do that with their physicality. Sorry, just didn't have that physicality. Um, they still have those players. They still have. You know, all those players, but um, they don't defend the three-point shot very well. They're not overly committed to it. Um, and, um, you know, Leicester are a historically good three-point shooting team. Mm. You know, if you go back, and yeah, the number, you probably have the numbers, probably get them at the end of the season. But, you know, last time I looked, like they were shooting like 43% as a team. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know how far back we can go to find out when the last time any team shot 43% from the three-point line. That tells you I can, I can go all the way back to eight seven and check it. Yeah, I'll have a look. Um, so they got they got good shooters and good. That means they've got good passes as well because they're giving up good shots to get great shots. And um, when those good shooters get confident, you know, and you know when Loving is stepping back and shooting the ball, when Whelan is stepping into his three point shot, you know it's going in. Mm. And I don't think Surrey did. No, uh, nineteen up after thirteen minutes, and I don't think there's any reason to carry on talking about this one to be honest with you uh davis 23 points nine rebounds eight assists six nine shooting 11 12 from the final line teo ogandengbi and des ringer had 11 each whelan 24 points so that's 47 points on the weekend uh nine of 12 shooting six of nine from three point range uh mo walker 20 points and eight rebounds in 20 minutes and mckenzie uh 13 points three of three shooting that's that's an impressive uh He's also possibly the best guy in the league in um, last five second situations, McKenzie. You know, he, I don't know if it was this game or the other game, he made he made a layup with less than five seconds on the clock off a dead ball. You know, he goes coast to coast and you give him the basketball, he makes makes plays the last five in the last five or six seconds. And it's happened too often now to be a fluke. I'm going to look it up. Synergy has the last four seconds uh, stand. So that I mean, yeah. well, that's kind of not so much as kind of long offenses where they're holding the ball. Yeah. You know, where they're going coast to coast in like five, six seconds. It's always him. Yeah. You know, and that would be on that would be on my scout report, you know. <laughs> it would be like, you know, you'd be denying him on the denying him because he has that little bit of quickness. Whereas everybody else is worried about their own man. Um he has that mentality to get to the rim. I think he's been in that situation before by the looks of it in teams he's played for. Yeah. So let's go to Bristol. Uh the Flyers uh, lost 74-77 to the London Lions. Evans obviously back after uh, his suspension. Um, and uh, they scored the first 10 points of the game and uh, sort of talked about it earlier. You know, at some point that will that will wear off. It wasn't actually until the second quarter that it, it, it did wear off uh, when Lions went 13-4 to make it a one-point game. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things in this game. London obviously... You know, I feel a little bit for Kelly. You know, he he seems to be kind of the whipping boy a little bit. They went down 10-0 and he was subbed. He was off after two and a half minutes. Uh, and he, it's difficult when you're seven foot because you are relying on everything else that's going on around you. Uh, and also fans kind of think, oh, you're seven foot, you should be, you should be like Shaq, you should be averaging 25 and 15 every game and all. And it's not quite that simple, you know? So... Anyway, he came out of the game um, and um, London eventually in this game 
look like they developed just a little bit of stick to itness, just a little bit of camaraderie which had been missing. I think it was to do with the personnel that they employed during the game, which changed a lot. Um, and um, Bristol ran out of steam, mm. you know. Um, but they started, yeah, Bristol started off, as you say, started off great. Um, but um, they couldn't hold on. No, third quarter, Rogers five points, got it back out to uh, 10. But by the end of the third quarter, it was down to one. Rogers, they were saying on commentary, might have dislocated his thumb. At some Didn't point. look good, did it? Didn't and look good. Thing did come back in after that. And the other thing about this was, you know, that they lost... Um, sorry, excuse me. One call, pardon me. Uh, <laughs> no, the other thing about this was um, that London lost the first three minutes of each half by 10. Mm. You know, that's 20 points they gave up when they yeah, weren't yeah. ready to come the locker room. Yeah, yeah. You know, which always means it makes you kind of worry about a team's focus. And um, it was actually playing some... The other guys, particularly Tawia, who was unburied on the bench, you know, that was a big thing. Um, he gave them a lot. Um, Caboza helped them a little bit with his energy, and Kajini eventually got going, you know, and all of those things helped them just kind of wear Bristol down. And like all of Bristol's games in that gym, it comes to the last five minutes, yeah. And they're, they're, they're 68 61 up with Jacob hitting shots and Simmons scoring. And then you, I think you put a tweet out about Bristol last four minutes and it's, it, yeah. it played out exactly like that. And two minutes to go, two minutes later, they're, they're down a point when Tawia jammed it yeah. in 72 73. There must be, you know, there, there must be a more lucrative way of kind of managing this foresight, you know. <laughs> then, then, then putting tweets out telling people what's going to happen. Um, yeah, it was unfortunate, but you know, I watched. I've actually just went and watched the last three minutes of the game back, mm. um, because it was a game that Bristol lost, probably as opposed to London winning. Mm. Um, you know, Reese made a nice play to Tawia for a dunk, which put London at one. Yeah, and from that moment on, you know, I think um, Bristol shot maybe. I think it was all Evans. Evans yeah. missed two layups, one of which yeah. was an air ball. Yeah, he missed. Sorry, missed three layups, two of which were air balls. He missed a three-point shot, um, and off one of those three-point shots, London got a run out for Kajini. Yeah, without anybody in the backcourt. Yeah, um, and they just kind of all ended up standing around, you know, and um, and hoping that Evans would make a play to bail them out. Yeah, and um, he wasn't able to. So. You you've got to one thirty three to go. One seventeen to go. Reese fouls Evans. He makes two free throws. Seventy four seventy five. Uh, Delpesh um, blocked Martin. There's eight seconds on the shot clock. End line ball. Flyers steal the ball. I thought Evans took another terrible shot. Uh, Lions yeah. got the got the ball back with thirty six seconds to go. Reese they set the screen too high. So yeah, he's right up by the by the halfway line. He ends up standing on the halfway line. But what Reese said to Towie, and it was something that I mentioned earlier on this season, Davis said to, I think, Roberton in one of the Guildford games, he said, wait, just wait. Yeah. Towie came, he's saying, wait, I, you know, I don't need you there. Just wait until I come and I will let you, I'll set the screen for you. So Reese stepped on the line, which, you know, which wasn't bright, um, but, it, you know, they got themselves but in a situation. 22 seconds to go at that point. 
but because it's a backcourt violation, you get the possession in the front court. So therefore, they've well, only got tough. 14 uh, on the shot clock. So they can't tick it all the way down, but they ran some clock. Evans drives to the basket and you've got to make that layup. Oh, God, yeah. You've missed a couple before that. I mean, you know, London came, it was part of the ways it was Red Sea. Mm. And um, yeah, he just missed. You know, he just missed. And he's the one who didn't play the night before, so really no excuse for him on, on, on legs. Um, and London got the right, got the rebound, and then it was four, I think, four well, fouls. They, they had no fouls committed in yeah. the quarter, and they lost three seconds on the second foul, another three seconds on the third foul. Yeah, by the time Justin goes to the line, there's four seconds left. He makes them both. And Jacob... Uh, shot on the buzzer he wanted a foul but it, he didn't get it I didn't think it was foul what did you think I watched it back very carefully then um, just before we did this podcast and um, two things one I'm frustrated that, that Justin catch the ball you know yeah you can put the second guy on Justin you know put the guy who's on the inbounds as soon as Justin comes off it's stopping catching the ball made some guys catch it on that play on Jacob I actually watched it out of interest because I tend to believe the player when a player is that far short and He's, he's doing that, yeah. you know. That suggests to me that the player is. Um, the, the, my initial thought is if that's an immediate reaction. Then, um, then there might be something in it, and you can't see on the video. He, certainly, Caboza doesn't foul him, but the way he dribbles, he also dribbles into Martin's man, mm. and Martin is up close as well, and you can't yeah. see whether he's on the wrist. But what you can also see on the video, which I thought was instructive, was not one of the referees has a view of the play. If you go back, you'll see that the trail referee next to the table is obstructed by Zach Simmons, who is right in the way. The referee on the near side towards us is obstructed by um, Caboza, who is defending the play from that side. And the referee on the baseline has Shane Walker three feet away from him. There's just no way any ref can make that play. Now, the refs are in the right positions on a technical basis, so you can't necessarily criticise them for that. Albeit, I think I'd probably like to see the, the, the sideline refs step in a little bit when, the, when you know where the play is going to be. Um, so, they could, and also it demonstrated kind of the lack of spacing that Bristol had in their offence, you know? Mm. Um, but, yeah, if he was fouled, he was fouled, but there's no way any of the ref could make the call because he couldn't see. Yeah. So, uh, Evans had 16.6 of 20. Uh, Jacob had 16.6 of 16. Uh, Simmons had 14 points. They were 30 of 84 field goal shooting. They were 8 for 30 from three-point range. They were 6 of 12 from the free-throw line. They lost by three. Yeah. Um, Reese had 16 and 7. Robinson had 15. Martin had 13. 43 points. 43 of their 70, 77 points came off the bench for the... Lions. So, um, well, they I'm, needed that, mind. You know, they were they were they were joining Newcastle in the headlong plummet, which is one step after a spiral, mm. and um, they kind of averted the plummet at the last minute and kind of found a deeper diving pool. So that, that was a massive win for them, and we'll see whether it was a facade or whether it was generally a new starting point for them. Yeah, on tonight. So. Um, Sunday, I've just noticed, by the way, daylight savings times has totally cost me because I've sat here and I've not turned the light on and I'm getting darker and darker. So I'm going to start this one off for the people watching on YouTube before I fade to black. Then I'm going to run over there and turn the light on and come back in a sort of stealth way that nobody will notice. 
uh, full disclosure. Uh, so Glasgow Rocks 100, people on the podcast are going, what the hell is he talking about? Uh, Glasgow Rocks 100, uh, Manchester Giants 99. Uh, Dan Clark uh, was back. Now, obviously, um, Sunday, the reason we're not, we didn't do this on Sunday was because I was driving a minibus to Edinburgh and back. Um, and obviously, these are uh, 12, uh, sort of 15, 16 year old aspiring basketball players. So I did what you should do for any aspiring basketball player, stopped off at the service station so they could get Kentucky Fried Chicken and managed yeah, to watch yeah. <laughs> managed to yeah. watch the last three minutes of this game in real time. And I've gone back and sort of watched the last uh, five minutes again uh, this evening. Um, so I'm going to, while I run over and do the lights, tee you up. Didn't seem to be too much in this game the score or two until until just before half time between them. Cool. Um, yes, yeah. Um, there wasn't. In fact, I was a little bit frustrated with this game. Um, a little bit frustrated because these teams have seen each other a lot, uh, and I would have expected Manchester to do a better job of. Def- Manchester don't defend well on the road. Let's be honest, you know, they've given up a lot of points on the road this year. And I don't think anybody defended anybody for about 36 minutes of this game. And if you actually watch the last four minutes, the defence is palpably different to what had gone on for the rest of the game. Almost to the point where it seemed like almost like an NBA game, you know, where where the the energy really um, perked up in kind of winning time, as it were. And that frustrated me from Manchester's perspective because I think at this point they've got the bodies, they've got the energy. Um, they should be better than that. And like Gardner said afterwards, you know, we gave 100 points on the road. And he says, right, you gave 100 points. Mm. You know, and he, as a coach, Glasgow can say, oh, yeah, we won. But Gareth Murray will be saying, we gave up 99 points, you know. Yeah. Flip of the coin. Yeah, yeah. And I would hope that, you but know. They got too many players. There's 12 players in the first half, too many. 12, 12 guys going on court. Is that 12 guys from Manchester? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that yeah. is probably too many players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then again, the coach is looking for a bit of energy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You see, you see, the one thing, you know, the more players you have, the lower scoring the game should be. Yeah. Because yeah. you, 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 <laughs> have you want defense for two minutes. Like, yeah, so, because, yeah. Because your, your defense should be absolutely locked in and, and the energy should be high. Albeit your offensive rhythm might struggle, you know? And, um, it wasn't that it was a it was a, a typical Glasgow home game that we've seen all this year, whereby yeah, yeah, yeah. boring races. So that disappointed, disappointed me from Manchester's perspective. But the game, it was a good game to watch, albeit a game that I'd seen about four times before. Yeah, I felt yeah. like. So as we've seen it before, let's get to let's get to the end of it. Giants were still up six early, and the, they had a nine zero run just before halftime to take the lead. They were still up six early in the fourth. Uh, Fraser Malcolm hit a couple of threes. He went one for three from the line, ties the game uh, at. 87 three minutes to go giants lead uh 93 96 and this is the point at which uh you were just talking about where actually the scoring suddenly slowed because you know 93 96 in 37 minutes and then it's uh it's uh what is seven three seven three to 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 finish off um first one actually was johnson had an easy score to be fair and then anderson missed one he should have scored it. Kieran's, yeah. Kieran's exclamation that he'd missed it was quite amusing. 
Um, and Boban then gets fouled, goes one for two, 96-96. And it really was about who could get an easy score here because they didn't seemingly have much in the half court if they weren't getting to the basket. No, I mean, what happened was, firstly, um, yeah, Harris made a good play and then they got off in transition for Jack Domi. And um, at that point, I think, maybe 98, 96, Jack Domi made a left-handed layup. And then, I mean... This is the to go. 2-11 to go. And then, um, you know, Glasgow, just, just their defence, it just kills me because um, McKnight is left wide, wide open. open. Yeah, but he's it was wide like open. a shovel pass from the... From yeah, but he, and he's wide open because yeah. um, Harris hasn't... Harris has got caught on with his head turned. Murray has sank lower... I think to deal with a, a to bump a cutter on the roll, it was probably Ulf who was rolling, and Murray's gone down to bump him. In that situation, Harris is left between two players, one in the corner and one on the wing, and Harris has to go to the guy on the wing, and then let Murray recover out to the corner, and um, Harris just stands there, and it's McKnight. Mm. So McKnight is the one player that you can't turn your head on; you have to know where he is at court the whole time, and watching that kind of. It was a great shot for Manchester, but my heart sank for basketball, you know? Mm. It's 96-96. There's two minutes to go in the game, right? And that's why it's 96-96. Because that's about the most basic defensive mistake, the most painful defensive mistake yeah, you can do. Yeah. If there was one shot, you would say, don't give up. It would either be a dunk for Ulf or an open three for McKnight. Yeah. You know, and the open three is worth more than the dunk. Yeah. So that was brutal. Um, and then teams basically traded misses. Yeah, there's a little bit more defensive energy, but they traded misses. Yeah, Jack Domney had one go all the way around, round yeah. and round and out. Um, Armstrong had a had a mismatch on Jack Domney, and he, he, he settled back for and a, a three. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't quite work. Yeah, he has way. made the, the line between confidence and overconfidence yeah. is about that thin, you know. Yeah. So their shots he's been making, yeah, he, he, he liked that one back, I think. There was almost a, a turnover, and then um, Jamal got a deflection, and then there's a long discussion as to whether that was a backcourt or not. In the end, they, they gave Rocks the ball. Harris with the great I spin. Know, I don't know why. Just I watched that back, and I watched it at the time and thought, no. I watched it live. That's not half court. Mm. I watched it back, and certainly there was an initial deflection he got. The only question is whether he kind of knocked it on again over yeah. the halfway line. I didn't think he did. Um, I just don't know how you can say that Manchester had possession of the ball in the front court um, before it went into the back court. But nevertheless, it didn't change the game, fortunately. Harris spin misses the layup. Uh, wheel and drive seemed to be open and... I don't know if he got caught between shooting at the basket and shooting at the backboard, but he sort of threw it over, massively overshot it. Giants got the rebound, but there's only six on the shot clock because he hasn't hit the um, uh, hasn't hit the ring. And then McKnight is wide open again, has seemingly all day to shoot, misses. Yeah, got lucky. Glasgow got lucky. Bottom, bottom line, and that's why they, you know that's why they run. It's a scoring race. Generally, home teams win because home teams make those shots in the scoring race when it's close. They got lucky, which gave them the ball with, what, 26 seconds to go? It's something like that. The clock on the screen wasn't right, but it, it, yeah. on the basis that Murray was shooting at the end of the shot clock and there was two seconds left yeah. uh, when he went to the free throw line, it must have been 20, 25, 26 seconds 
uh, left on the clock. They got the ball. And at back. this point, you know, Manchester have actually picked up the day. It was interesting that Ulf was in the game. It wasn't Lewis. It wasn't Clark. It was Ulf. You know, and the coach trusted him, and I thought his defense was better than anybody's because he got out and he pressured the ball, he moved his feet, he was more active. And he was the one who nearly broke up this possession. Yeah, he knocked it, he knocked it loose, and they were really scrambling then because then Johnson got it back. They had two guys on him, he just about managed to get a pass. The to... second guy on Johnson was off as well. He was out there yeah. on that as well. Yeah, he yeah. managed to loft a long, floaty pass to Murray. Um, and um, just Whelan made a bad, bad mistake. Well, Whelan was under the basket virtually. He was well into the key, and he saw Murray wide open. He went running out and dived out at him, and he didn't catch him with the body or on the arm. No. He, he um, actually landed his foot on Gareth Murray's foot. Heel, I think, yeah. Yeah, and I I watched it because when I was watching on my phone in the um, – in, in 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 I was in Burger King, obviously. Yeah. I, I didn't go to KFC. The, yeah, of um, course not. Oh, I was yeah. like, I'm not sure that's a foul. I had a look, and I was like, not sure. So I've watched it back again, and because I rewounded it, rewound it a couple of times. I saw the he didn't get him on the body; he got him on the foot. And then I wondered, actually, is that a shooting foul? If his Good question, if Good his question. foot's on the floor, or has he landed and therefore it's an after the? Now I assume they must have been over the limit, so it would have been two free throws. Anyway. Yeah, it's an interesting one because it, the thing was, it was literally <laughs> as his foot hit the ground. So I yeah, this rule is this rule is not necessarily changed, but the interpretations of it have changed over the years. And you know the the rule was always you know once the the shooting motion is complete, is the moment that your foot hits the floor. The, the the shot is is complete. Yeah. Um, difficulty is is then this now this is the interpretation of taking away the the, the defend the the shooter's right to land. Mm. Right. So on that definition, anybody who comes underneath a shooter and, and puts their foot there and they land on their foot, that isn't going to be a shooting foul. Mm. Because if you say, well, he's landed on his foot, he's landed on the floor, the shot is the shot is over. Mm. It's not a foul. So I think it probably has to be a shooting foul. I'm not sure yeah. that's the right the right uh, kind of again. Reading. It was just one of those things. I thought. Good, well, I, that's a good question. Yeah, I just I don't know. It feels like it was a shooting foul. But yeah, I and I, and, he, and he did get him, and you know he's got to be smarter than that in relation to that because he's never going to block that shot. He might change it, whatever. Mm. And and Gareth does the right thing. He knocks down two foul shots and um, missed the third. Missed the third, and you know, and at that I think that's that's smart. The reason it's smart is because you're up by. Um, you're only up by two. You're only up by two if you um, make it. Make it. So then two with them a chance to set, call a timeout and, and shoot a three. You're better well, off being Lloyd up by one. Lloyd called the timeout then... before the shot as well. So I, I wonder whether he thought he's going to miss the third one. So this is what we're going to do on a live play. Because obviously... I don't, I, don't think, yeah, I don't think you can ever draw that up really because you don't know whether who's going to agree about no, the ball. No, no. You know, um, and you just got to get down the court and, and it's a Hail Mary, um, you know, and just hope. Um, I think you just tried to ice Gareth. I don't think that was, I'm not sure Maybe, that was a, yeah. the smartest yeah. thing, to be honest, I think. Well, particularly when he's just at uh, his foot because his foot's well, just right. been Because at one point, I, I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, has Johnny Burnley missed a foul shot this season? Yeah. 
because you know if you've got an injury, Gareth, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. You go sit on the bench and get yeah, a guy who hasn't yeah. missed about two foul shots in six years. Yeah, yeah. You know, to, to, to bring in, I thought, is he going to do that? And he's not. Oh, he's a player coach. Lee from the front he did the right thing, yeah, yeah. but it did cross my mind, and it would have been it would have crossed my mind if I was on the bench. It was like, Fab, come here, come here, get off. You know, you can imagine. So. Um, um... So uh, Anderson from the halfway line, it's from the commentary, it sounded like it was close, but they didn't spin the camera. No, we didn't see it. Yeah, didn't no, see it. it yeah. um, for some reason, I've only written down the um, Glasgow scorer, so I'll give you those. Johnson, 25 and 12. Harris, 20. Murray, 18. Hillsman, Harris and Johnson, by the way, 30 for 32 from the free throw line. They Each three of them made 10. Uh, yeah, 62 points over the weekend for Jordan Johnson as yeah, well. Yeah. He's Seems rounding back, into some form yeah. of empire form and 200 point games for Glasgow. So, yeah. we still know where their strength lies, don't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, final game of the day, and I couldn't bring myself uh, to watch this, but you did say you only really need to see the first two and a half minutes. So, I thought I will watch the first. I went to three minutes. Yeah. Um, because I like to go above and beyond for our for our listeners and viewers. Uh, Cheshire Phoenix, 113, Surrey Scorchers, 66. And uh, there was an element of it that you thought, oh, again, this... Um, um, no, there wasn't. I'm messing. No, there wasn't. There, this was a massive, massive schedule loss for Surrey on the back of a double header with a team yeah. that's got the trophy to come out and go, hey, we've just won, yeah. look how great we are. This was a nailed-on home win, but I didn't think it'd be quite by this many, this many points uh, at all. But so, so I watched the I watched the um, the first few minutes, and I'll, I'll just put what I put down. Uh, uh, miss, Austin to the basket, turnover, right wide open at the foul line, turnover, Teddy wide open for three, seven nil, one eighteen, timeout gone. Yeah, turnover. Yeah, good it was good. Uh, come out of the timeout, turnover. Austin draws the foul, two free throws. Turnover. Steel missed steel, but a missed dunk. Bradley in transition three, 12 nothing. And you're like, you're kidding me. They've barely shot the ball and they're 12 points down. Yeah, and that's what I meant. Uh, it was a brutal watch. Um, that's sorry. The thing you say about Cheshire, Cheshire like to celebrate their trophies. Mm. You know, they really do. I mean, I can go back to the Northgate in about 2004 yeah. when they won one of them. And um, they were playing, I think, the Eagles in the next game. And obviously, I was down there as a card-carrying member of the, the Uta. Uta. And, uh, the Uta. Um, out of Toonami, for, for those who don't know. Um, shout out to Les and Stu. Um, and um, it was a really close game down at Northgate, like there already was. And then halfway in the, in the gap in the third quarter, as a third quarter, some bloke just came on with the trophy, just walked on the court, walked around the court, and the whole crowd, whatever it was, all that. as he's walked, I don't know who he was, I don't know who it was, it was some member of the backroom staff or something, just walked around the court with a trophy. So we ended up playing them down there about six weeks later, and we thought we would um, reciprocate. So we went and bought a vase. And um, <laughs> And at the end of the third quarter, I think one of our number just wandered onto the court and turned around to the Eagles fans and held up the vase. It was a different time. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, they do like to celebrate. And quite right, too, you got to celebrate. Yeah, you got a chance. Exactly. The trophy and the cup are good like that because you celebrate them in season. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, it's, yeah. A different, it's a different type of thing, you know. Never, you know. Um, 
And so yeah, so yeah, sorry, we're just just not ready to play. I mean, the the bro the, the missed three from Teo wasn't a good shot, and then the three for the turnovers were even worse. And then we, what you didn't see actually, eight and a half minutes in, because I watched the whole first quarter for our loyal good fans. Um, eight and a half minutes in, the first I think five for five sub this year. Oh wow! Five on five off. Wow. The whole the whole four five of them at this point they were down like maybe 23, 27, 12, something like that. Yeah. Creon subbed them all, put five on, and left poor wow. Henry Wilkins was the eleventh man. <laughs> um, and um, it didn't. Kaelin made a three, but it didn't really get much yeah. better. Um, well, there was a 12-0 start to the game. There was another 12-0 run early in the third quarter. It was what I will 19. say is that um, Stanley Davis turned his ankle, hurt his ankle with about a minute and a half to go in the in the first half. Didn't play in the second half, so and he's probably that one bit of creativity, you know, and ability to score. So I don't think that would have helped him in the second half either. Um, but 113. I mean, no, yeah. come on. Yeah, no, not, you know, 113 is the number you put up against an ABL team. Yeah, yeah. Not sorry, team. Not 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 them. Not a BBL team. Yeah. You know? Um, Wright twenty three, Bradley twenty two, Dickerson twenty one, Austin twenty eight and five and ten steals. Um, four guys in twenty. Yeah, four guys in twenties. I, I didn't get a chance to look up when the. Last well, I will say, yeah, I will say about all those turnovers. I mean, Austin got may have got ten steals, but I tell you, it was about you know three of those turnovers were because he was in the passing lane. He wasn't letting them throw the ball to the wing. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's just blocking. He does. He does change a lot of things defensively. Uh, Ringer with twelve. Um, Jules Dangakodo had eleven, nine turnovers. I assume that's related oh, to the. Uh, that's what happens when you've got Austin in the passing lanes. Yeah. Uh, Thirty-four to two in points off turnovers. Twenty-three to two in second chance points. Thirty-four to two. <laughs> oh. So. Uh, Let's draw a line under that for the sake of the Surrey fans who might still be listening. Uh, and let's have a look at the league table. Um, uh, before you do that, I said yeah. before, before, before you do that, I'm afraid I've, we've negligently failed to mention the refereeing catastrophe in the Bristol game. Oh, okay, go on then. Go the on Bristol then. v. London game. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. I missed me, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the tipped, sorry, the Bristol v. Leicester game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Leicester v. Bristol. No, Leicester v. Surrey. Yeah. Leicester v. Surrey game, where um, the Surrey player went up to tip a foul shot off the rim yeah, and got caught yeah, yeah, yeah. in the field with yeah, two yeah. points, yeah. which I'm afraid is just not from not my perspective. Right. No. So I've, uh, I've extensively read the rules during that game because yeah. I tweeted out I that, that at, first, at first I thought it was a, it might be a technical if you're going to give a thing. But I got confused because I made that mistake that we all make from time to time and went for goaltending rather than basket interference. And it wasn't goaltending, yeah. it was basket interference. Goaltending is deflecting a shot before it's hit the ring. Basket interference is, uh, happen afterwards. So yeah. if a player... Uh, goal tends a free throw, i.e. they run into the lane and block it before it hits the ring, that is a point and a technical foul. If a player basket interferences the free throw, it's one point and no further punishment. So the debate you and I had was... If a player tips the ball through the rim, defensive player, it's two points because it's on offensive Yes, rebound. exactly. If the player tips it into the basket, then it's two points. Uh, the debate you and I had was whether it was basket interference I thought it was because I thought it was, quote, in the basket, i.e. not touching the ring, but in the cylinder of the basket. And you felt it wasn't. 
Well, I think the cylinder is the cylinder is used in American sport and yeah. used in the NBA as it has different rules as being the lane up from the basket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I say in the cylinder, the I mean in the actual ring going yeah. to fall in. I think in the rules, which for that, I think the rule says the within the basket. It yeah, doesn't say think, half the ball; it just says within the basket. I think the interpretation is that the the widest part of the ball has to be. Um, below the level of the rim, which makes it very difficult, I think, to, to, to goaltend it out anywhere from above. But nevertheless, anyway, yeah, either way, whether, either whether way, it was, it was only one point. All I would say point, is my two. correction was liked by a current BBL uh, referee, referee, which suggested he yeah, might have maybe. agreed with my, uh, my, my second attempt at it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Right. What, what, what frustrates me about it a little bit, though, is Right, you know, we have these massive refereeing conferences about, yeah. you know, whether the ball went off back or went off A or off B, which lane it's going to go to, yeah. right? Whose board is on the inbounds, that type of thing. Yeah, there's a, a fundamental issue of, of a rule, right? Which, you know, yeah, it's like when I complained at Newcastle when the wrong guy shot the foul shot yeah, and yeah, then they let him shoot another one and they shouldn't yeah, have, right? Yeah. It's a big, you know, this isn't stuff about whether you're a good ref or not. I'm sorry, yeah. you, you know, this is stuff about, you know, the basic stuff that the coaches don't know, that the players don't know, that you have to know as a ref. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I can't yeah. find any defence for, for you for that. You know, you have to know that as a ref. And if you don't know, the problem with that is those of... And, and the, the Leicester guys were on the bench giving it the attitude. Yeah, yeah, they, they were. They were. They had no clue. They thought that was the most they could get away with, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and, and it frustrates me that you've got, you know, you've got eight... You got you know eight officials there or seven officials there. You got a table of officials. You got the ref. Not nobody comes and says just, just just get that straight again. Why is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, why is that? Well, how is that right? How can that logically be? Are you yeah, sure? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You no, know, there's no there's no coming together. It's almost like oh, one ref he's made that call. That's his call. It's nothing to do with me. I'll let you yeah. make that call. Yeah. And and the problem is that that casts doubt for those of us in the know. That casts doubt on the competence of everything else. And those right. refs may be really good and they may have a great game. Yeah. If you get something that is fundamental but, to the but we haven't wrong. spent three minutes talking about the great course that they made, have we? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And they might have been right, but the 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 the, the doubt of the, the, the credibility gap, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like go, you know, if you go to the fish and chip shop and you see one green chip, yeah, you know, you're not yeah. gonna be as keen to believe the rest of them are nice. Yeah, you know, they might be. I mean, no, I'll tell you, I've tried them all. I did still eat them, obviously, but you know, it, so that frustrates me, you know. Guys, I know you're under-trained, I know you're underpaid, I know you're under-resourced, and I get all of that stuff. But reading that reading the rule book, you know, and I tweeted you straight away about it mm. when I saw it. It's like, how is that two points? Yeah. You know? Um, reading the rule book is is the first, is the one thing you should be better at than everybody else. And whenever anybody like me comes on a smart-ass podcast and says, this is wrong, you should yeah. be able to turn around. And say, no, it's not. You're wrong because I'm the ref yeah. and I know better. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And it's not the guy who makes the call. It's all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all of them are responsible. I don't, you know, don't, don't throw the young guy under the bus. Sorry. So, anyway, let's go and have a look at the table on the way out. Um, Leicester are two games away. Oh, the thing I didn't mention, by the way, um, which was on my Twitter feed, if you follow me, you would have seen it, was the uh, first result, the Surrey defeat to Leicester put out the chances of Bristol or Sheffield catching Leicester mathematically. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So and then the Manchester, 
The Manchester defeat put Manchester out of mathematically being able to catch Leicester. So it is a two-horse race um, between Leicester and London. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leicester are 19 and 2. Uh, London are 10 and 7. So basically, Leicester need two more wins or two more Lions loss or one losses or one of each. And the earliest the title could come is this Friday. One win against London. Uh, or one win against London, yes, indeed. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is confusing. So if London lose to either Newcastle or Bristol on Wednesday and Friday, then Leicester would win the league if they beat Newcastle. Alternatively, if Leicester lose to Newcastle, but London also lose to Newcastle and Bristol, then Leicester would win the league. After that, it would go to Sunday, where London are at Sheffield, or Wednesday, where both of them play next week. Leicester are at Plymouth and London play Bristol. Let me speak for the whole BBL supporting world when I say how utterly anticlimactic. Yes. Uh, sadly, that's not that's yeah. unfortunate, but it is what it is. When one team is so so demonstrably better than the rest over the course yes. of the season, that's going to happen. Yes. It, yeah, it is. And um, you might get to see it on Friday night. The I don't think I, I think I will because I'm, I'm avoiding COVID now because I'm off to America in 10 days. So, oh, are you? Okay. Uh, so I have to avoid it. So I'm on well, COVID. On, I, I, um, I don't know if I'm breaking secrets, but it might be live on Sky on Friday night. So. Well, that'd be wonderful because, to be honest, there's nothing I'd more like than watch Leicester pick up the league in London in Newcastle. Yes. It would warm the cockles of my I'm heart. Sure it would. I'm the sure last it time would. it happened, um, the last time London. it happened, so unfortunately, I've got my excuse yeah. in extraordinarily early. Yeah, um, the last time, I think, Mersey, Mersey won the league. When the year Mersey London. won the league. London won the league in Newcastle. Yeah, but they, they did, I don't think they beat us to win. They, they, they won the league in Newcastle, but they did yeah. that. Um, they weren't beating Newcastle to win the league, as it were. Whereas, well, obviously, Leicester aren't either. I get that. Yeah. Mersey. So that's Mersey, it. When the yeah. I was involved, Mersey. Mersey yeah. was yeah. central. In a game that actually mattered. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, so uh, Leicester are 19 and two and two games away, as we were saying. Uh, Manchester are in second with 12 and nine as their record. Sheffield have two games in hand on those teams. They are 11 and eight. Cheshire are fourth currently. They played 22 and won 11 and lost 11. And a nice symmetric seven and four, four and seven home away record. Uh, London are 10 and seven. Uh, in fifth space, uh, fifth, yes. Then there's Plymouth, who played 21, 1, 9, and 12. Bristol, 8 and 9. Newcastle, 8 and 11. And then Glasgow, who've just suddenly rocketed back into uh, playoff contention. Oh, I like what you did there. Rocketed. Very good. No, oh, I didn't even deliberately do it. Just no, random. No. I figured, um, yeah. They are 8 and 12. So they are the same wins as Bristol and uh Newcastle, the same losses as Plymouth, and only one loss behind Newcastle and Cheshire. So right, right back in the mix. And then Surrey, um, not mathematically out of it yet, but there are a couple of losses away from being mathematically out of it at two and seventeen. So I mean, we have two super consistent teams uh, who are going to finish first and tenth, and then we have a mass still. That we're not 100% sure in the order that any of them are going to. I mean, you could convince me 
You could convince me that Newcastle were going to miss the playoffs and you could convince me that Newcastle were going to finish third or something. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's. Yeah, I mean, that's, we've still got a third of the season left, haven't we? That's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The reality of it, even though it's late in the season, most teams have got um, a third of the games left. So it really depends on what momentum you're carrying into to the last third because the last third of the season gets played in a month, you know, less than a month, you know. Um, and that's why, you know, if management gets to stay together and battle through and have a focus and have a goal is more important, actually, than the X's and O's at this point in time. And um, Manchester appear to have kind of got through that, so they've got that. They've got their group back together, so they'll be comfortable. Glasgow have figured out a way to to keep, you know, a way to win. Albeit they might just win enough home games to squeak in. Their next, um, I think, their next three are at home. Yeah, so you know they got they got a real chance. Um, and I think they play um, Newcastle they, right at the end of the season as well, which could yeah, be Newcastle played Plymouth last game as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, then you have Newcastle and Bristol and um, Plymouth, who are, you know, really also right in that mix. We forget about Plymouth because they haven't played for three they weeks. They haven't played for two weeks. So, so they're going to come back after their break. They were know? obviously, yeah, they were obviously on that. They were on their pump. But yeah. has the break helped or hurt them? Well, we'll find yeah, out. Exactly. Did they get back on it? You know, and there's, there's still yeah. a couple of places to go. You know, as I say, do, do Newcastle come out with a bit of pride and, and actually, you know, you know, they've got Leicester on London and Leicester, you know. I mean, mm. they're either eight and they could be eight and 13. Mm. And if they're eight and 13, then at that point, they're the favourites for ninth mm. on, you know, on Thursday, on Wednesday and Friday coming. So, wait and see. All, all fun games. Mm. And I have to say, the battle for eight is the battle to get walloped by Leicester. But even so, it's still quite late to get in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better than getting nine. Yeah. And, yeah, if you get the gate receipts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Games, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I uh, I do have a game next Sunday, but I'm pretty sure it's a 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock tip-off, so I'll be home in time and we'll be back to normal on Sunday night breakdown on a Sunday night. And, uh, They've been spoiled, let's be honest. They've been yeah, spoiled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so we will park it there and uh, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next Sunday night. Goodbye. <laughs>